You are now listening to the Claim It podcast with me, your host, Trisha Huffman, also known as your joyologist. Although, wow, it's probably been at least a year that I've started to like take ownership of my own name. I'm pretty sure I recorded a solo podcast episode about that. Like when I switched my main Instagram profile from at your joyologist to at underscore Trisha Huffman because at Trisha Huffman was not available. <laughs> um, it's such a small thing, but I remember it being like such a big thing because I always just operated as your dryologist. Even when I started social media and didn't plan on being like, didn't really, you know, it was before we even knew what social media was going to do. Uh, my, my name on Twitter and then Instagram was being Trisha. So I was like using my name, but when I started to like put my own words on, you know, when we stopped like just posting pictures and I was like, oh, let me share these words, but in a picture, you know, that wasn't always done. I felt so awkward putting my name on things, but also like wanted people to be able to find me if they resonated with my words. So we just put yourjoyologist.com, which is my website, which has always been my brand on it. Um, even though they were my words, Trisha Huffman. So anyway, that was like such a big ownership thing. I'll link back to that episode. Such an interesting flashing back to all of those journeys. And um, yeah, so uh, today's a solo episode. <laughs> you can probably see that uh, before you click on it. But yes, I always feel the need to to tell you today is a solo episode. Uh, I'm excited to talk about the things I want to talk about. And with this topic we're going to be talking about, I am going to also read an excerpt from my book, which is coming out May 10th, called F the Shoulds, Do the Wants. Get clear on who you are, what you want, and why you want it. And that's just not like one thing that you do one time. It's a constant in the moment thing, being able to uncover the shoulds that life projects onto us that are subconsciously and unconsciously in our minds to be, hey, what do I want? Why do I want this? Why am I doing this? What am I feeling? How can I support myself? So really the book is all about coming home to yourself, looking at what you're thinking, feeling, and believing, and um, and is it what you want, and how to be realistic about life and your thoughts, too, and to give yourself so much freaking compassion. It comes out May 10th. Please go pre-order it now if you haven't yet, and claim the bonuses. F the shoulds, do the once.com. We'll take you to where you get the bonuses, and also link to places to buy it. Um, okay, but... The topic that everything will relate to in today's solo episode is the person who has to be with your choices is you. The person that has to be with your choices is you. And so it's really looking at what I feel like I talk a lot about in different ways, but who is judging you? Are other people judging you? Possibly. Are you not doing these things that you want to do for fear of being judged? Is it you judging you 
So, so often, even when someone may judge you for something or say a comment that sounds judgmental, um, what really affects us most is how we feel about the choices we are making. So I'm going to give some examples. And then, like I said, read a little excerpt from my book. Um, and, and also, I had gotten... Someone had, I think, direct messaged me asking if I would offer a workshop or a course specifically for those who have gone through a divorce or a breakup, like with kids also. Like, um, and so then, you know, people who are living as a single parent, but I think also if you had been married and then you get divorced and so then people knew you were married and you were, you know, committed to this relationship you thought you would be in forever and then divorced. And so I, it's what she wanted, um, you know, hopefully that I would create something just for those people. And I said, I don't know if I, you know, will, but in everything that I offer in my group programs, and of course we can do one-on-one work, that those things that people are often struggling with will come up in different people's lives. And I think a lot of what it is, is shame and judging yourself. And and then, I mean, there's, there's multi-layers in there, but those I think are the two biggest things. And I am someone who never chose to got to get married. I have two children with the same person. Uh, we lived together for many years, you know. Um, I just, we just never chose to get married. But of course, like, I wasn't just like, let's get together and have some kids for a few years and see how it goes. <laughs> so we were devoted to that relationship. Um, but so now I live as my life as a single parent, uh, whereas I live in a different town from their dad. Uh, they go to school where I live. I have them full time when he is not on tour because he tours for his work. Then they would go to his house on the weekends. Uh, currently, he is on tour, so I have them all the time. Um, but so yes, I am a single parent and I moved to this new town and was like, oh yeah, and it's just me. Oh, and their dad lives there. Oh no, the kids can't go because they go to their dads on their weekends or, you know, like it's clear to people that I am a single parent. And I have never felt any judgment. I've never gotten like really any questions about it. I mean, I've only gotten questions about it from people who I ended up like creating, like we're in conversation and then like I'm naturally sharing more about the things. Um, but I have heard from other people about how, you know, like going to a school function and how they felt like how they felt like so lonely and like uh, an outcast because they were there alone, not uh, with a, a mother and a father or, you know, two parents, whether they were two mothers or two fathers, um, that they were feeling like ostracized or not accepted. And I don't know, obviously, because I was not in those rooms. I don't know those people. I don't know if that was more what they were projecting onto their experience because of what they felt that people must be thinking or if it was just, you know, like if anyone actually was judging them or if it was more just how they felt because they somehow felt like they 
failed the 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 structure that they were taught that you know parents are there together and blah 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 and you stay together forever and whatever the things are I've never felt awkward and I do you know like my community has lots of family things there was an easter egg hunt this weekend uh they're solo. Oh, there's also a Halloween. The day before Halloween, our town has its own Halloween. <laughs> Very active town here. People like to compare it to um, the town uh, in Gilmore Girls because there's like such community events and it is like this little, I don't know, storybook community somewhat. Anyway, so for the Halloween thing, he was in town. So I invited him up. So we were both there together. Again, I didn't feel any awkwardness at all. And I didn't notice any awkwardness from any of the families or parents. And I was like, oh, yeah, you no, know, this is their dad. And then me being at most things, pretty much every other thing, solo. So looking at when you are feeling, whether you are divorced or a single parent or something, and you feel like, everybody's looking at me or they think this or I don't belong or I'm different now or whatever it is that you're afraid of, like looking at, is that really what you're feeling and why are you being so hard on yourself and not accepting us? Which also I realize our relationship transition was my choice. So if you were in a relationship and it was the ending of it or the shifting of it was led by the other person, I get how that is likely harder uh, because you're like, no, I still wanted to be in that relationship. And so then you might feel like, oh, no, you know, th- I think that that can carry different emotions. And it's not necessarily your choice. So I'm saying the person has to be with your choices is you. And if you're like, well, I didn't want to make that choice. <laughs> that choice was made for me. That also just sort of accepting that that choice was made for you. You can't change it. That still doesn't mean like that you failed or you weren't a good enough partner or this or that. They're likely, even if you wanted to continue with that relationship, I'm sure there were things under the surface that you maybe didn't want to acknowledge of, you know, and of course you're like, we could have worked that out or different. Anyway, you have to get good, get clear. And sometimes this is a reoccurring thing with yourself and your life. And you have to be more concerned about what you think about you. Again, even if these choices were like, made for you, right? Like you lose a job, maybe you get let go. Sure, a lot of times that could be related to you not being the best fit. You weren't showing up for the, you know, doing the role in the way that it was desired. But a lot of people are getting let go doesn't have anything to do with actual their work quality, right? So again, if you're walking around feeling shame for, I was let go, I don't have a job right now, like, and feeling shame for the fact that you don't have a job because, yeah, it it's not like you get let go from a job because they're downsizing because who knows, even they decided to hire so-and-so's somebody who just got out of college. <laughs> uh, that choice was not made for you. So you can be upset about that for sure. And also you don't need to feel, carry around the shame of when somebody's like, oh, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm between jobs right now. Sure, somebody may want to project their idea of what that means on you, but it doesn't matter, 
right? We hear it all the time. Like what other people think about or their opinion of you doesn't matter. Like you don't need to think about it. And that came up to me today when I was like driving away from my school. And I don't know why I had this like sort of idea of like single parent. I was like, I always just feel confident that, yeah, I'm a single parent and here I am and I'm doing these things. And I've never once felt judged or act like I with people are like, I wonder if they're thinking what happened with the relationship or blah, 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 or this or that. If people are thinking those things about me and trying to figure my life out and what may or may not have happened in my past or in my relationship, or again, if we're going to job in your past job, that's the, like, let them stress about that. Like who, who cares? So you getting good with you. And so again, even if that's not your choice, you got let go from a job or whatever, maybe even like friend uh, is like, why do I feel like this person is just, is not really a, being a great friend for me? It sucks. So either get clear with it, try to figure that out with that person. But you don't need to carry the shame of that or worrying about what you think other people may or may not think about you. All right, let me jump into it, which by the way, I give even in different chapters of the book, not from where I'm about to read from, I do give, you know, support for things like that, where like, you shouldn't have been let go of your job. Like, so seeing like these shoulds, like that shouldn't have happened. And you're right. So then how you can support yourself moving forward. So again, you're not beating yourself up and feeling more shame. So you can be like, okay, I'm upset about this. This isn't right. And then how can I help myself when these feelings come up? And how can I move forward? So what I'm going to read right now. Is that it? Like I think I bookmarked the wrong page. Okay, here you go. So what I'm going to read right now is from the chapter, What Will This uh, Mean About Me? Chapter 7. What will this mean about me? The fear of being judged. Because I think that that rules a lot of our lives. Again, with this like single mom, what I was starting with, or like not having a job right now. We're so worried about what other people may or may not think about us. But what we're doing is judging ourselves all day for it, for this fear of what other people might judge us for. So this is an excerpt from the middle of the book. So I was just given another example and sort of lesson. And so this section is called A Judgment Can can have power over you only if you believe it to be true. I stumbled because I feel like I normally say a judgment can only have power over you. Oh, I switched the words. Okay. A judgment can have power over you only if you believe it to be true. Okay. So then I say, even though I had that breakthrough moment on the day of the NYC photo shoot and had even created products branded with my new favorite mantra, I, of course, was not completely cured of the fear of being judged. I had become way more present to when I was creating judgments of myself so that I could call them out. But this next realization I had years later felt even more groundbreaking to me. And every time that I share it with others, I get asked to repeat it over and over again so they can let the power of it settle within them, which is basically that statement that the section is called. 
Okay, so here's the story of this other aha. As someone with a chronic invisible illness, I learned to heal a lot of my daily pains by focusing on nutrition and taking care of my body. I gave up gluten in 2004 and it helped me so much that I never went back. I was mostly vegan for a good stretch, but never completely. When I became pregnant, I craved red meat and found even after giving birth that my body felt good having it in my life sometimes. Yet I carried around some remnant of shame about eating a hamburger and french fries. That wasn't healthy. When a new burger chain opened up near me that promoted grass-fed beef and offered gluten-free buns, I tried it out and fell in love. It felt like a fun treat, and it became one of my favorite meals to eat out. When I found myself home for most of the year with two toddlers while their dad was out on tour, I started a routine of going to this burger spot on Mondays because kids ate free. You gotta love a deal. At least I do. I was stoked for our weekly meal out, no cooking or cleanup for me, and a treat of a meal that I wouldn't make at home. In those first few weeks of this new fun tradition, I savored every bite but also felt pangs of guilt, shame, and judgment. I felt like everyone there was judging me because my two-year-old and four-year-old were having cheeseburgers and fries and organic chocolate milk for dinner. Here I was trying to enjoy this treat of a meal and feeling like I was a bad mother for it. I struggled to shake off these shitty feelings. I mean, I was doing something I wanted to do. I felt great about my choice. Or did I? Who is doing the judging right now, Trisha? Them or you? Me. It was me. I was judging myself for the choices I was making. So I, while I really wanted to be enjoying the meal that I was excited about, that I wanted, I was shaming myself for it. A past dream version of me who envisioned my children only eating wonderful homemade organic food with a fruit and veggie at every meal with their diverse advanced palates was judging this very real me. Ugh. I mean, how ridiculous that I was worried about being judged by the same people at the same restaurant eating the same food. I mean, really, how inventive are our minds and the stories they create? I was the one who felt that I was not a good mom for feeding my kids a hamburger and fries, but I was projecting it onto others, assuming that it was what they must have thought about me. I had to get real with myself, my thoughts, my beliefs, and my inner judgments. I had to call myself out on them and hold them under a microscope to see what my actual feelings were. I realized in that moment that a judgment can only have power over me if it is something that I believe to be true. Once again, I don't say it again in the book, but... A judgment can only have power over you if it is something that you believe to be true. So I asked myself, Trisha, do you really, truly believe that you are not a good mother because your kids are eating a hamburger and fries? 
I mean, seriously. Do you? No, I don't. I mean, that's ridiculous. I know I'm an amazing mother. Once I got real with myself and clarified my feelings and questioned my fears of being judged, I felt all the tension fade away. This aha thought has become my new constant check-in when I feel myself in the discomfort, the fear, the heaviness, the looming dread that come with the worry of being judged. And also when I am truly being judged by someone else. When I remind myself of this, it makes me look deeper and face the judgment to ask myself that question that came up for me all those years ago before the photo shoot, which is in an earlier part of the chapter. Is that really what I believe? What do I want to believe? Asking yourself these questions creates an immediate reality check because yeah, judgment is real. Our brains are naturally wired to take in information and interpret it. Our brains are naturally wired to create judgments. So judgments are going to keep coming at us from inside of us and outside of us. Other people will judge you no matter what you eat, what you do, look like, say, etc. And that sucks. It really does. But I have found that oftentimes it is our own judgments of ourselves that weigh us down and hold us back the most. Anytime that you find yourself stuck in the fear of what will they think, anytime that you are truly being judged, anytime you catch yourself judging yourself, remind yourself. A judgment can only have power over you if you believe it to be true. Do you believe it to be true? I hope that helps you. So again, when you feel like other people are judging you or they may even judge you, uh, that's another thing. So this is one way that I can feel judged. My kids go to school uh, from around 7.45 a.m. to about 4.45 p.m. So my youngest is in a Montessori preschool that offers all-day care. Uh, And so I drop her off after I drop her sister off at kindergarten when she needs to be there by 7.50. And because Arrow School went late and I put Zia in her after-school program at school that they offer. And I... When the school year started or when I made those choices, I was like, wow, amazing. I'm going to have like f- like full days to work and to just like take care of my own things. Uh, but I also felt some guilt and shame because I work for myself so I can make my own hours. And I had always had pretty light childcare. When they went to preschool before the pandemic, they did three full days. And so then I still had, they, and there were two days. So then they were with me full or for four full days because the weekend too. Um, 
So part of me felt like some like shame about sending them all day. And I, you know, like I think my age group of people can be like, oh, I was a latchkey kid. You know, my mom was, parents were always working or something like that. Like it can sound as if it was a negative thing that if you went to like an after school program, oh, because my parents were too busy working. And so like I felt that shame. But both of my kids love their school so much because they are busy like doing things like I just tried to pick my youngest daughter up earlier and she said, no, I want to pick up later. My other daughter like loves the after school program so much because they're with kids. They're doing activities and creative things. They're playing on the playground. It's great for them. They love it. And so then I'm like, oh my gosh, this is now amazing. But when other moms and even, uh, you know, my own mom recently was like, wow, that's a really long day. People are like, wow, you're, that's a really long day. And I don't know if people are judging me because again, I make my own hours. I work for myself. They technically, you know, don't need to. And next year when Arrow starts kindergarten too, then it's like, great. Do I, you know, do I put them both in the after school program or not? Just pick them after school. I'm going to do the after school program because they love it and it is awesome for me too. To again, sometimes I use those extra hours to go run errands without them so I'm not stressed while I'm running errands. Um, and then when I'm with them, I'm like more present because if I had got them earlier, then I would probably be stressed and I'd be like, here, maybe watch a show, do this, blah, blah, blah. Um, anyway, I don't need to explain to you <laughs> why my choices for this are. But so when I feel like somebody does say this judgmental thing of like, wow, that's a long time. Your kids are in boat like that. And um, that who, like who cares if they think like if they can't wrap their mind around that my kids love to be at their school that much and it works great for our family for so many different ways. So the only judge of me is me is one of the 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 phrases I was referring to that is on my product line, the only judge of you is you, but a judgment can only have power over you because I could let those pangs of, wait, oh, that's a long day for your kids. Like, wow, as, oh my gosh, I'm a bad mom because I'm doing this. They think I'm a bad mom, I'm a bad mom. And I'm just like, yep, and they love it. <laughs> so sometimes you will get judgments projected on you and maybe those people aren't judging me they're just processing it and maybe they're even like jealous like wow your kids are oh that sounds amazing that I don't have to spend so much time figuring out what people think about me and my choices and uh, being a single mom or my kids going to school all day and all of that because I'm the person that lives with my choices. I'm the person that's living my life. So think more about what you think about yourself, what you believe about yourself, and less about what you think other people may be thinking about you. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And that's a lot of what comes up in my book with the shoulds. A lot of the shoulds are we are unconsciously doing these things from shoulds based on what we think the world, what is expected of us or what we should do instead of getting clear with, huh, what do I want? Do I even like doing this? Why am I doing this? So I can't wait for it to be out. Go get your pre-order in. May 10th, F the shoulds, do the once, claim the bonuses, come to the 
release party workshop will be virtual May 17th. You can only get a ticket to that by pre-ordering and entering your info at ftheshouldsdothewants.com. If you don't enter info, I won't know how to get you the info to attend the um, workshop slash virtual book release party. And FYI, I am throwing an in-person book release party on May 10th in LA and uh, it's open to the public. I might not just be out there. So if you want to come, send me a DM. I'm sure I will be sharing it um, a little bit, maybe in the newsletter and IG stories. But if you are in Southern California or wherever, if you want to come to the live book release party in person on May 10th, I would love to see you there celebrating F the shots. All right. All things me, TrishaHuffman.com, YourJoyologist.com. At underscore Trisha Huffman is my main account. I still have at your dwell just for the products. Don't forget, I have a full product line of empowering products. Go get my app called Own Your Awesome in the app stores. It's daily inspiration, hundreds of cards. And FYI, I do have one-on-one coaching available right now. If you're interested, feel free to send me a DM or an email. All right. Own your choices, own your life. Stop worrying so much about what other people may or may not think about you and your life and your choices or your just life in general. Because again, sometimes they might not be your choices, but you can still love and embrace yourself and where you are in your journey of this life, this one life that you have. All right, claim it.